is nearly midnight. Then she saw the broken glass around the fire and raised her hands in despair. Oh, Reverend, she said, her own voice rising. Reverend Hardcastle, what have you done now? The rector stared at her. Nearly midnight? It had just gone nine in the evening when he sat down at his desk to write his latest letter to the morning post. How could three hours have passed? Then he spotted another empty port bottle and knew a moment of unease. He rallied quickly. Never mind all that, he said brusquely. You can clear up in the morning. Go to the cellar and fetch me another bottle. I will do no such thing, Reverend Hardcastle. You have drunk quite enough for one evening. For God's sake, woman, you're my housekeeper, not my wife. Go and fetch a bottle and have done arguing. The housekeeper shuffled towards the cellar door, and the rector sat behind his desk, both muttering under their breath. The clock in the hall chimed midnight, confirming the hour. The rector yawned suddenly. He considered going to bed and finishing the letter in the morning, but then the housekeeper had just gone to the cellar. It would be a pity if her errand were wasted. A thunderous noise interrupted his reverie. It took him a moment to realise that someone was knocking on the rectory's front door, knocking and with considerable force. He opened his mouth to call Mrs. Kemp to answer the door, but remembered she was down in the cellar and would not hear him. Muttering again, he rose to his feet, staggered, recovered, walked steadily to the door, turned into the hallway, over-rotated, bumped into the wall, stopped for the moment to take a deep breath, and then walked in a fairly straight line down the hall to the door, weaving just once when he collided with a side table. He reached the door just as the heavy door-knocker thundered again, reverberating in his fume-filled mind like the stroke of doom. "'Wait a blasted moment!' shouted the rector, fumbling with the bolts. "'Look here! Whoever you are, don't you know what time it is? It's after midnight!' In answer there came more noises, a sharp crack, and almost immediately after the heavy thump of something landing hard on the doorstep. Puzzled, the rector drew the last bolt and opened the oak door. Outside, all was very dark. A brisk offshore wind was blowing, roaring in the invisible trees. He peered into the night, remembering vaguely that it was the new moon. His forehead furrowed, and he opened his mouth to shout again, for he could see no sign of the man who had knocked at the door and interrupted his writing. Then he looked down, and saw the body on the doorstep, lying slumped almost at his feet. He saw, too, the blood pooling darkly on the stone. Frowning still, not yet fully comprehending what he was seeing, the rector knelt down for a closer look. That action saved his life. From the corner of his eye he saw a flash of light at the end of the garden, and in the same instant something tore the air just over his head, so close that he could almost feel it in his hair. From behind came the sound of shattering glass. Instantly the rector's mind was very clear. Someone had shot at him. 
He knew he had about thirty seconds before the invisible marksman reloaded and fired again. He seized the body by the shoulders and, with a strength that few would have guessed he possessed, dragged it into the hall, slammed the door shut and bolted it. Panting, he stood leaning against the door, listening for another shot, or the sound of an intruder approaching the house. His own pistol was in the desk in his study. He wished he had had the forethought to collect it before answering the door. The housekeeper stood at the far end of the hall, motionless, mouth wide open, holding a broken bottle. Her apron was covered in blood. No, not blood, port. The shot, meant for his heart, had instead smashed the bottle she was holding as she returned from the cellar. Reverend Hardcastle, she whispered.